to celebrate the BBC's 100th anniversary in 2022, we present a tribute to the golden age of British comedy, introduced by its writer, Henry Daw. It has been said many times that the greatest gift you can ever leave is the gift of laughter. Over the years, hundreds of people have left me that gift. When I was a student, I went with a friend to see Ken Dodd's happiness show. Afterwards, we emerged blinking into the daylight. We waved to the milkman as he was finishing his round. When we returned to our accommodation, we found that our girlfriends had reported us missing. We had left a card at the venue for the 75th birthday of the man who put the mirth into Murthyside. To our horror, our friend read in the Times Birthdays column the next morning, Ken Dodd, 71. He wasted no time in passing on the story. You'll never guess what that balmy pair have done now. They've only gone and aged Ken Dodd by four years. I said, now look here, four years is nothing compared to the lifetime which we'd aged by the end of that show last night. Since those days, here in 21st century Britain, all people talk about is sustainability. Everything has to be sustainable, ready for the future. The other day, I went to buy a new car. The salesman said, this, sir, is our most sustainable model yet. We call it the Ken Dodd. Uh, why do you call it the Ken Dodd? Because it goes on and on and on. The Squire of Notty Ash is one of many shining lights whom we recognise in our tribute to the golden age of British comedy, of which you are about to hear the first episode. And there are so many others who made this cherished period the envy of the world. Our hope is that the names bring back fond memories of the magnificent contributions which these hugely gifted people made to that revered era in our comic heritage. 2022 marks the 100th anniversary of the BBC, and so we felt it appropriate to look back over the names in this very special year. Some of those recalled here were, of course, more associated with ITV, but the BBC's centenary provides the perfect opportunity to pay homage to the fine comedy talents from both channels, whether they be stand-up comedians, actors, writers or top brass. I have trawled through my books on British comedy to try to identify the biggest names and names from the biggest shows. If some are not known to you, you may enjoy looking them up and finding out about the way in which they left their mark on the comedy landscape. You may like to set yourselves the challenge of seeing how many names you can spot across the six instalments of this series. If you come within ten of the actual total in the script, you get a signed copy of the latest book by John Cleese. Within five, you get a pub lunch with John Cleese. And if you hit upon the exact number, you get John Cleese. But when was this golden age, I hear you cry? Well, like any artist, I had to draw the line somewhere. For the weaving of famous names into the dialogue between the characters, I have started in the 1950s, a high point for radio comedy, and have gone as far as seemed consistent with whether the shows, performers and writers have tended to be considered part of this period. One of its giants was, of course, Ronnie Barker, who always said that making people laugh was the best job in the world. It is a job, and for some, a calling, at which every name included in this piece has excelled. And how appropriate it is that our recording should be taking place in the heart of London, not ten minutes' walk from the site of Peter Cook's establishment club on Greek Street, where so many future stars cut their teeth.
I gather Peter got rid of that particular chef after a couple of months and immediately recommended him for a job at the BBC canteen. Yes, three essentials to survive a lunch at the BBC canteen. A good friend, a sense of humour, and a hammer. Although we hope you will find the wordplay fun, the writing, perhaps unusually, is driven neither by jokes nor by character comedy. What is important is that the names are remembered and recorded. So, it does not matter if you do not split your sides. <laughs> In fact, I suspect your cleaner would probably prefer it. Whatever their roles, our laughter makers have brought sunshine and smiles to millions. They have entered the lives of people whom they will never meet and have cheered them up in their front rooms. They have truly made a difference. In the words of the circus master P.T. Barnum, the noblest art is that of making others happy. As we celebrate the BBC's momentous milestone, we say the most sincere thank you for the part that these superb men and women played in that incomparable body of work to which we now pay tribute. The golden age of British comedy. Off we go. Evening, Brenda. Good evening, Thomas. Evening, Stephen. Ah, bang on time. Delighted you could make it at such short notice, my friend. Yes, I'm glad I was in when you rang, Stephen. I do so enjoy coming out for our little evening catch-ups. And what an elegant headpiece, old thing. Where did you get that Hattie Jakes? <laughs> in the Richard Beckinsale at Primark. Isn't it smart, Thomas? Isn't it just? Yes, Stephen, you look dashing all round, Penelope Will tonight. A neater Harris tweed <laughs> I've never seen. And the trousers, aren't they... Uh... Corduroy Canair? Yes. Corduroy Castle, did you say? No, Corduroy Barraclough. Oh, well, they look a perfect fit. They ought to be. The assistant had his John the Tape measure right for long enough. <laughs> well, you're an Eric Sykes for sore eyes. You really, Arnold Ridley. Lovely shirt as well. Is it polyester? Uh, no, Bill Cotton. I'm going to like the colour, actually. At one stage, I thought of buying some more Hilda braid and weaving in fabric of a darker Hugh Lloyd, but... I think it's fine as it is, actually. And your shoes are rather natty. What make are they? Roy Clark's. I got them some years ago at Stead and Gotten and Simpsons. <laughs> I say there aren't many people in yet, are there? No. I do hope Eric Moore comes soon. Can I get you some drinks, gentlemen? What a good idea. Right, then. What might your wood do you both like? Well, I'll just have a barrel read of the list. Ah, uh, yes, for me, a Donna Stella Artois, please. Very good, Thomas. Stephen? Well, I've just had a quick Tommy Cooper who's love what you have to offer. And I'm slightly torn between a David Croft original, a Wilfred Hyde White Russian, and a pint of old speckled Henry McGee. Mm. Mm, the Croft, I think, please, Brenda, the Croft. Of course. Should you have some water as well, do you think? Yes, a bottle of Jimmy Perrier, please. Any ice and lemon in the water? Mm, no, we'd Leslie Crowe, but not, I think. That's fine. And will you be Shirley Eaton this evening? No, thank you, Brenda. No, I'm still fairly full from lunch after my Brown Windsor Davis. Oh, same here after my John Bird's eye fish fingers and my spotted Dick Ebery. Oh, I understand, gentlemen. Oh, uh, Brenda? Yes, Thomas? I thought smoking wasn't permitted, Millicent Martin, in this establishment. You're right, it's not. Then how come this table is full of Una Stubbs? Well, someone must have lit up while I wasn't looking. Cyril's supposed to keep an eye out for that sort of thing. Now, don't pass the Jimmy Tarbuck. My apologies, Thomas. I'll fetch a dustpan and brush straight away. You just cannot get the Cathy staff, can you? <laughs>
<laughs> <laughs> to be continued.